are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. Happy Monday, everyone. As always, I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by the other host, John Schuster, who, you know, I'm not going to tell you exactly what John's been up to, but you know what? Who the hell is John? There's a reason that I went for <laughs> oh, that. I can't, I, oh, I can't wait. But when you are a man named Schuster and uh-huh. you go by John Schuster, right. sometimes you can look at big, fancy houses in Certainly. Scottsdale. That's right. Sometimes. sometimes you might, you know, you might even be East possibly, Valley in general. You might even possibly be living in one. So you know what? When If you're a guy named Schuster... Mm-hmm. Or Shu, as some people... That yeah. might not yeah. quite get you in the door, but if yeah. your name is John Schuster, that's going to get you in the door. In the door. I've been so. in I've been in more than my share of doors. There you go. Very fancy wooden mm-hmm. doors. Mm-hmm. En route to uh, marble flooring and marble counters and and levels of construction that I had no clue actually existed. And so let's talk about a guy that could probably afford to live in the East Valley, and that's Jed Fish. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, I've gone out to a few practices now, open to the public. And by the way, I do want to say, the energy around Fish is, and that sounds just funny to say, <laughs> but the energy around Fish is... Is it buoyant? Yes, it, no, it, it's buoyant and it's above sea level. Is it? Well, that's good. But the, the, when you, on a serious note, when you watch him, though, it's not fake. You can tell that this is how this guy is a hundred percent of the time. You know what I? You know, uh, uh, Pete Carroll's son Brennan was saying he's the first one in, he's the last one out. I totally believe all that. I don't think that there's anything in there. He's not just collecting a paycheck. He really wants to be good at this job. Now, who knows if he's going to be good at this job? But it's a good start. But it's a very good start. It's a good start start that he's motivated and putting in the time and and trying his damnedest to make it work. He's asking the media about what Dick Tomey liked to wear on, like, practice on Mondays. And I'm thinking, dude, Anthony Cimino's not out here. (laughs) That's the guy you should be asking these questions. (laughs) The rest of us are 35 years old. What are you talking about? Talk to Cimino. Talk to Cimino. He's been around here. For sure. But when you watch him, though, he is... It's it's clearly it's clear that he wants to win and he wants to do well at this job. So I'm going to give him that. And then they had a fan fest thing at the U of A, which I give you an A for effort. The execution was uh, I think good, but at the same time, you, it takes two to tango. When I was there, at least nobody was there. That's a shame. Yeah, that is a shame because and again, maybe it was maybe there were more people there later. But when I was there, there was very few people there. But now. Getting to what just I was kind of watching on the field. Before you get there, can I mention something really briefly? I apologize for interrupting. One of the podcasts we had last week where, of course, I decided to tangentiate and uh, fill in a lot of stuff and get off track. I was talking about the U of A student body and how they arrive at the first uh-huh. half uh-huh. and then they leave at the second half. Right. And the reason because of all of their partying and the U of A football game is kind of an excuse that works around all the drinking for the U of A student body. And what do you do to keep them in the second half was the part of that that I didn't ultimately get to. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing a Fish interview where he was talking about one of the marketing ideas that it was that they, they were going to have a DJ at U of A football games. Right. An excellent idea. Mm-hmm. So I think you're talking about, uh, I, I think a lot of these correlate, that his effort to get, the, to get an apathetic fan base involved, a fan base that's apathetic for a variety of different reasons, 
involved their marketing effort. You said A for effort. And I think that's, I, I think their marketing is really good. Fish has come up with some excellent ideas. He's been very open. The people that he's put around him to try to implement some some things to keep people around beyond the game. Don't they have some sort of continued fan fest carnival type thing mm -hmm. that they're doing right, on yeah, game like day? Yeah, like the jumping castles. Yeah, they're, like they're, the fact that they're putting in the effort that they're putting in is, is clearly better than someone. I think the marketing people with Rodriguez did a really good job too in a different way. They, a lot of, they, they did the viral video stuff. Um, you know, they do a lot of the, the Rodriguez James Bond parody mm -hmm. video to kick off the season, I think, came to mind. That, that was really well done and good stuff. It ultimately didn't get fans in the stands, but they made an effort. Fish is doing a lot more of the kind of door-to-door uh, -door grassroots stuff, mm -hmm. and I think he's trying to connect to different generations and different age groups in a town that has some varied interests and some varied reasons as to why they don't show up to U of A games that goes beyond the U of A just isn't very good right, right. now. So, so to his credit, and to the U of A, the credit of the U of A marketing department, whatever that entails, I think that um, you know they're they're really trying. Obviously, you know, ho hopefully the, the, this groundswell is something that can ultimately work once they get to the thing that really matters. You win games, uh -huh. then all of that other stuff comes in handy, and I think you know, can maybe help them out. Now, when I look at it, I think to myself, there's a couple different things that in play right here. Is that, first of all, this city just doesn't care about U of A football. Yeah. I'm, it's just the way it is. Now, I think back to when, when I was growing up in the 90s, and uh, I'll put it to you like this. And this is kind of talking about, obviously, the Dick Tomey era where you had you, I think you had about four teams that were in the top 25, and you had a couple teams that were in the top 10. Even when the U of A was really good, it was never hard to get a ticket. Yeah, It was never right. hard to get a ticket, and to get a decent ticket to that. Now, mm -hmm. I mean, you would get people that would show up, yeah. but it was still, it was never so... Now, granted, they didn't have sustained success, but you knew generally Arizona football wasn't a joke, and you know what? Every couple of years, we're going to have a damn good team. So this is a basketball town, and I'm not breaking any news here, but fan interest right now is at an all-time low. There's no doubt about it. Now, what's going to be fascinating for me to see is this. Is Fish, because I think they're going to be terrible this year. Uh, we'll talk about that on the, uh, the other side, but I think they're going to be absolutely terrible. My question, though, is this. Does Fish keep the same energy when you have 28,000 fans that are showing up to these games? Now, I, I think that it might be a little bit more than that, and I think that they're going to benefit a little bit from COVID and you know people not being able to go to football games. But let's say it's, let's say about midseason, Arizona's losing each game by 35 points mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. I'm not even so much interested in the fans showing up because I don't believe they'll be there. I'm interested to see what Fish does. I'm interested to see what his pitch is. It's an interesting as far yeah. as is he able to is, Main, maintain that yeah, enthusiasm? Is, is he basically beating his head against a wall? Does or he does he go up? after the fan base and say, "People, what are you doing? Get the mm -hmm. crap out here! Mm -hmm. We're never going to be good." Right, exactly. And I think that's that's going to be fascinating to see. I think you're really going to find something about. Character is too strong of a term, not using that in, in that regard. But I think you're going to find something about the character of Jed Fish there when he gets punched in the face. Because is, I do believe he's going to get punched in the face because I do believe, 
Like we're going to talk about, they're going to stink and nobody's going to show up. By this is season. a very, Tucson's a very unique sports town. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, it's not a good sports town. Right. And, and so from an outsider perspective, you see all of these things that you think give you potential. You've got a, a fan base that's over a million. You've got success with basketball. Basketball is a brand name, so because of basketball, you know what the A is. Mm -hmm. You can fall back. You can on back the, the A off you, of basketball. For you sure. certainly can. You can fall back on Gronkowski. You can fall back on Bruschi. You can fall back on Desert Storm. I vague uh, Swarm. I vaguely remember that they were in. I think they were in the Fiesta Bowl or something like that. And didn't they beat Miami one mm -hmm. year? And it seemed like they were. You know that defense was really. There's a. There's enough of that to where you remember well crap tucson's got to be a good sports mm -hmm. market right look at how they support the basketball team this is how to, how can you not win in right. tucson and then what happens when they get here is that they surround themselves with a bunch of u of a homers who who work for the u of a who tell them man absolutely it's a great sports town look at the way they support basketball Women's softball, they win all the time. You ought to see the Look fans come out basketball for women's now. softball. Up and, only up until recently. So mm -hmm. Fish is the only example you can use for women's basketball. Look how they support women's basketball. Fish is also coaching like, women's basketball. Well, I, I think my, I, my point is you couldn't use that argument as right. an insider with someone mm -hmm. with Stoops, mm -hmm. with Rodriguez. Sure, sure. But with Fish, yeah, you can, you can use that as a non-rep. Look, they're willing to come out. And so, and so you surround them yourself with these people, and, and you're insulated. Mm -hmm. And you hear this, and you hear, yeah. Tucson's a great sports town. Then you find out, no, right. that's not true. Right. It's really difficult to, to get over the hurdles of why it is there's a reason that people won't go to games and you have to work double, triple, quadruple hard. Let me ask you, you know to, what? To, to work through that I'm, obstacle I'm, to get them there. Because it's our podcast, I'm going to pull a little bit of a curveball and we're going to break down what I saw on the following episode but next segment, though, I've got a couple questions for the Don that is John Schuster. Don the John the Don. It gets more the, and more confusing the Teflon by John the moment. Schuster. <laughs> but I, I got a uh, question, though, as to why that is. But first and foremost, two things that you don't have to question is rockauto.com. Rockauto.com, it's not a fly-by-night situation. These are people, you know what, there's no fair-weather fan of rockauto.com. You don't get to the Fiesta Bowl and forget that rockauto.com exists. But do you know year. what rockauto.com is? It's not a fly-by-night, but it's a drive-by-night. And it's a drive-by-day. Do you know why? Because you're prepared enough to go to that website, rockauto.com. You're prepared enough being the DIY person that you are, saying, you know what? I need windshield wipers because there's a monsoon coming up. Mine are flip-flopping all over the place. Where am I going to get those? I bet I could get those from rockauto.com. I need some suspension. Might even have a garage be able to put that in myself. Where can I go to get some struts? I bet I can go to rockauto.com to get it done. Maybe I should sign up for the rockauto.com email blast, a newsletter which comes in the mail every couple weeks, and I can learn some valuable information from that as well. If you're a... If you're a gearhead or just somebody who needs to, who understands the value of keeping your car in good running condition or truck in good running condition, you go to one location. You utilize rockauto.com. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the other thing that if you could bet on rockauto.com, which I don't know that there's a betting line out there, but the only place that I would know that to look for with anything related to rockauto.com would be betonline.he. That's what I would have guessed. With, with betonline.ag, the thing about it that's amazing is that 
anything you want. It's not most people, you know, every standard sports book has Philadelphia Eagles minus seven. That's weak. You can get that anywhere yeah. you want. But you know what? If you want to bet on Carson Wentz last year over or under completing 17 and a half passes, your average sports book's not going to have that. BetOnline.ag does. So you know what? You might think that we're kidding about if they have a rockauto.com line on there. The only way to find out is to go there. Thanks for keeping a Locked On Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, Schuster, let's talk some uh, U of A football and fan support. You raised an interesting point, as you almost always do, that uh, I want to do a pickup here on a little bit. Arizona basketball, there's no, there's no question, this city loves Arizona men's basketball. And... As we're finding out, they like Arizona women's basketball, too. I I firmly believe that they'll pass. I don't know that they'll sell out McHale, but I believe that uh, Adia Barnes' group is going to have a very robust following this entire year. Arizona football, again, in the 90s wasn't a joke. I believe outside of maybe USC or Oregon, or maybe it was Washington. I think it was Washington. Arizona had the most wins in the 90s. Two top 10 finishes, I think four top 25 finishes, a legitimate program any way you looked at it. And generally, not a bunch of down years. I mean, a down year was basically six and five. But like we talked about in the first segment, you could always get a ticket. And you could always get a ticket to a really good game. I remember when Arizona, Arizona was a quarter away from playing for the national championship in 1998 against UCLA. Now, we had season tickets. But I remember my dad's friend messaging or messaging, uh, calling him and saying, you know, hey, uh, any, any uh, know anywhere where I can get some tickets for the uh, UCLA game? Because, again, this was a game that could decide a national championship. And my dad says, well, I probably would call the ticket office first. He called the ticket office and he got four great tickets. Why? That's are, remarkable, isn't, isn't it? it? Isn't yeah. it? Uh-huh. Why, why is that? Why is this a city that I don't want to say is ad- adverse to – uh, college football, but why is that? They're not adverse to college football. They believe there there are enough in the community that expect that Arizona football is going to disappoint them. Mm -hmm. So when Arizona football disappoints them, they then don't show up. Mm -hmm. The Arizona fan base, generally speaking, is just frustrated. They're not even frustrated with Arizona football anymore. They're apathetic, which is far worse. Mm -hmm. They don't even get pissed off about Arizona football. They just don't care. And just don't caring is a lot more difficult thing that Jed Fish has to deal with to try to bring them back in and 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 that's going to be a you know that's going to be a struggle mm-hmm. the the cloud that hangs over Arizona football is this and it's largely unfair but in a weird way the fan base embraces it for all the wrong reasons and that is a few words What's the only team in the Pac-10s to never make it to the Rose Bowl? Mm-hmm. And I get now that we're in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. But at the time when fandom mattered and when you had an opportunity to really build upon tradition here, what's the only team in the Pac-10 to never get to the Rose Bowl? And the right. answer was Arizona. And there were a couple opportunities that they had during the Tomy era that they blew. And then at once, I think, in the Stoops era, in the frustrating Oregon game that I think if we look back was probably the game that changed. That was probably the last straw for the Arizona fan base. Mm -hmm. And now that fan base is something, it's also an aging fan base. You've lost in essence a generation Mm -hmm. that doesn't have, you know, that doesn't have any real, they like the U of A, they want the U of A to win, but they're not necessarily faithful toward the brand beforehand. You need, 
you need to prove it to them before they're willing to spend their money. Uh, because a lot of those folks who grew up being Arizona fans remember that they somehow botched it in 92 or 93, I think maybe both years. Right. Uh, then in 94, when on the cover of Sports Illustrated, the number one team preseason in the country, they lose three of their four games by flukes mm. when they should have won those games. And you games. end up going eight and four and finishing 25th in the country. Then in 98, you have a uh, quarter against UCLA that goes against which, them. Which in a weird and then way. That gets, and then that one's bizarre because UCLA then loses the game to Miami that is delayed by the hurricane and played. And it's, what's weird about the 98 game too, and which is so Arizona football. Now, I didn't see, you know, I'm, I'm not like you. I didn't see Art Lupino. I didn't see guys <laughs> like that. But... For my the best player that I've ever... I nicknamed him the Cactus Comet, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't want to brag for you, but I'm going to allow you to do that yourself. <laughs> but what I never saw, though, was... Or Chris McAllister was the best football player that I've ever seen at the U of A. Now, again, I saw Rob Waldrop. I saw Teddy Bruschi. I didn't really know what I was watching, though. I'm nine mm-hmm. years old. Chris McAllister, to me, is the gold standard for Arizona football. Um the UCLA game, though, he has one bad play in his basically his entire career where he slipped. Danny Farmer gets him on a double move, touchdown, the floodgates open. Right. So Arizona football, which is on the cusp of competing for a national championship, is basically the best player that at least I've seen in 25 years. It's a it's the one-time screw-up at the worst possible opportunity, and it just feels like that's always what that's is. That's always with, it. Yeah. And And – And getting to the point about the fan base, I think the fans were willing to give Arizona one more try when they had that game at home home against Oregon. Mm -hmm. And that game, really, if you look back at that game, they had it and they let it get away and it was quintessential Arizona. Mm -hmm. In a weird way, they did everything right and still couldn't win that game. And that that was pretty much their last gasp to get to the Rose Bowl. And I think their last gasp for a fan base of locals who had felt like they had been burned time and whether they whether it was the right thing to think or not they felt like they were burned time and time and time again and in this way where it's kind of interesting and i don't know if the fan bases at other pac-12 schools feel this way for instance feels to me like utah almost falls under this category too mm. they're a team that gets close they they they're, even one time they got into the pac-12 south game and then got you know, or, right. or rather the uh, Pac-12 championship game and got obliterated. Mm-hmm. I think Arizona got into one of those and got obliterated. Um, you, you, uh, Oregon State, under Mike Riley, had, what, three or four years where they were knocking on the door? They had a year with Dennis Erickson where they finished fifth in the nation. And didn't win the conference. Right. I think Washington won the conference mm-hmm. that year. Uh, but Good. even even they're, they're, they're up to that point where they're up against Oregon. Oregon's just better. Year after year, Oregon's just better. But I don't know if the fan base in Corvallis has completely bailed on their football program. I don't know if the fan base in Washington State has bailed on their football program, even though Washington State couldn't get over Washington right. so many times. Arizona has dealt with, in, in the years where they've tried to break through, the roadblock has been understandably good teams, USC, UCLA, uh, Oregon, you know, as examples. But for some reason, the fan base here has abandoned them. I'm not sure the fan base in some, some, some of those other college towns necessarily ultimately has. And I think part of that is because the Arizona fan base expects to lose in football. And it might be because the team up north 
at ASU, it's the one thing that school can hold over you. They've been to Rose Bowls and you haven't. And that sticks into the craw of a local fan base that hates ASU, but utilizes it in this weird, almost morbid way to expect that bad things are going to happen to their football team. So if bad things are going to happen, why should you invest in the product? Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we talk about that product next episode? For John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.